Greetings, fellow imps. I'm Imp Fossil Tom Henske, and I'd like to welcome you to From Nowhere to Now Here, Where Incarnate Memories Prevail. Like many incoming first years, I entered the university a blank canvas. You get it, nowhere. But four years later, I grew to now here. And when I look back at that transformation, it was the friendships that I built through the imps that were a huge part of that growth. But where did everyone end up? I'm going to take us on a journey to find them, to catch up with the friends we've lost touch with. And in doing so, my mission is to rekindle these amazing relationships. Imp Nation, we're back. Got a great guest today with some awesome stories. You're going to love him. Carlos Saranse, my man. Welcome. What's going on? Hi, Tom. Uh, it's great to be here. Not much. You know, uh, enjoying the, the California sun here in Los Angeles. Doing well. How about yourself? Uh Enjoying the Connecticut rain. So thanks for rubbing it in today. I appreciate it. Of course. Yeah. That's okay. I'm going to get you back when you buy me dinner next time I'm out in LA. So we'll, we'll get you, no doubt. Yeah. Cool. So you graduated in 2009, right? Yep. Awesome. So everyone's been yelling at me. Let's get the younger imps on. You old people are boring. So I'm starting to do it. We have a couple, uh, you probably heard Ryan Hargraves, you probably heard Yusuf on, and now we get Carlos. So Carlos, bring us back to Northern Virginia. You're in high school. And why did you even want to go to UVA? Give us the scoop. Well, um, having gone to a public school in Fairfax County, pretty much if you took advanced placement classes, everyone expected you to apply to UVA. And Virginia Tech. And I think at that time, I, I wasn't too keen on attending UVA, actually. I wanted to venture out somewhere far away, um, live in a large, big city, and really explore that. Um, but at the time, as I explored different places that I wanted to attend, um, a lot of Northeastern cities, I quickly realized that the, um, the schools were nowhere as good as UVA while providing still you know, the value that UVA provides in terms of its tuition. So after, after attending, I think, um, like a second look, uh, in spring of 2005, I was just floored. It was gorgeous. It was a beautiful place. The architecture was, was amazing. Um, I loved history. And so going to, you know, Thomas Jefferson's university was, was a pretty cool thing to, to, to talk about. Um, and I think that the people there were just uh, really kind and, and, and welcoming. And I think as a person from Northern Virginia, I saw a lot of, you know, my peers there. Um, and it just seemed like a really fun place to be in a place where I could, um, you know, really uh, expand intellectually um, and just think about different things that I wanted to and, and still pursue, you know, my career in, in medicine. Cool. So you just made me think of something. I know that UVA 
students get in-state tuition if you grew up in Virginia, if you're living in Virginia. Uh, I remember that because everyone out of state is paying much higher freight to get to go there. So uh -huh. Virginia Tech, same thing. Is it a lower tuition for students who live in the state of Virginia? Yep, it's a it's a state school. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that. Okay, cool. Yeah. That's good to know. That's right. for anyone who's got kids who are in college, in high school and they're going to be applying. Just uh, something to think about. Okay, great. So you get on grounds and tell me about the beginning. What was it like? So I think. I, so I lived in Old Dorms. I was in Eccles. I wasn't an Eccles scholar. And I lived next to a wrestler who was um, kind of a crazy guy who, who became a friend. I got really into... So to take a step back, I was somewhat of a sheltered kid. And uh, coming to a place like UVA, um, uh, you know just sort of social, like going to, you know, frat parties, going out that, that first semester, I was just like having too much fun. Um, so I, I went out a lot. I, uh, with a lot of my um, dorm mates, I also joined um, the organization of young Filipino Americans as someone who's, who's Filipino uh, I really wanted to embrace sort of my cultural identity, um, think more about, um, you know, my ethnic background, sort of how that shaped uh, me as a person. And, and that was, you know, that offered me the opportunity to uh, forge some really close friendships at UVA uh, with, with people who I still keep in touch with today. In fact, I was at uh, a wedding of a, of a friend, of a close friend from that organization last weekend. In North Carolina. So that first semester was like, you know, joining OIFA, um, uh, going out to a lot of frat parties, and actually struggling academically. Um, the transition to, to UVA was, was a little bit uh, harder than, than expected. I, I think in high school, it's so structured. And so you're always sort of the smart kid um, in, in high school and, you know, you're always performing well and it's, it's sometimes it comes fairly easy. And I think I wasn't as prepared for UVA as I thought I was, where now I'm surrounded by people who are very similar to me academic wise. And so, um, you know, I, I wasn't doing well in chemistry. I, you know, was going out too much. Um, it was so much fun. Um, I think uh, I was I was just thinking of like one of my close friends during orientation ended up on stage at Tom DeLuca. Did you guys have Tom DeLuca? Of course we did. Yeah. We, in yeah. we invented Tom DeLuca. I'm that old. Come on, Carl. <laughs> so that that orientation was just fun because because uh, this friend uh, was on stage and I think he got hypnotized to to fire like a. a super soaker at everyone on stage and um and he was hitting on a girl on stage too and and it was a lot of fun but yeah I I I think that first semester was just sort of like oh my gosh I can't believe like I'm not doing well in school but I'm having so much fun you know and yeah there, there's a lot of uh a lot of uh I don't regret anything but but it was a lot of fun well, I know you got into a lot of mischief when you were there, so we're not going to let you get away without a couple of stories we've heard about you. Good, <laughs> good stories, all positive. 
but Tom DeLuca, that's funny. When I went to my last reunion, he was there. And oh, I, wow. And I remember a couple of my friends egging me on to say, go up there, go up there. And I said, no way. I've got way too much to lose at this point. It just it just wouldn't equal the laugh factor because it would be it would hang with me the rest of my life. So I totally mm -hmm. know that. So, OK, so you're struggling that first semester just because you're enjoying the sights, so to speak. And mm -hmm. now you start to pull it together a little bit. And I think you were a chemistry major. Did I have that right? Yeah, I was a chemistry major, but I, I didn't pull it together in my chemistry major. I actually uh, didn't do so great in my chemistry major. I, I do regret that. I wish I was like that um, that, that one interviewee that, that you had who, who transferred out of the e-school. I, I wish I transferred out of chemistry. Yeah, that's... Uh... It's funny, you have a lot of go-getters on our podcast and it seems like everyone's going, no one's going out for like the basket weaving. Uh, yeah. Everyone's going for something serious. So then, okay, you're going through and then what was the turning point for you? Turning point with sort of my UVA life? Yeah, um, I mean, like academically speaking. Mm -hmm. so, so here's the thing, I... Um, in terms of my sort of professional journey and academic journey, I honestly never really got it together in science. And that's because I was really into policy. I was into history. I was into the social sciences. And so I ended up pursuing a lot of that during my time at, at UVA. I think one of my you know, favorite classes was uh, racial politics and uh, history of the civil rights movement with Julian Bond. Um, and those were classes that inspired me. I was an Asian Pacific American studies minor and that uh, minor allowed me to uh, think a lot about sort of structural factors in society and how that impacted sort of inequality, uh, social stratification and sort of concrete ways in which um, that led to sort of different policies and impact on people. And I actually, that, that's sort of part of the story of, you know, how I got more involved in the broader university community. I uh, became a part of the Asian Student Union, which was, um, an Asian American advocacy organization. I ended up doing an internship with a civil rights organization one summer. And throughout all of this, I was still a, a chemistry major. And, um, you know, I'm thinking back to, to, to Yusuf's interview and how there's, you know, in immigrant families in, in Northern Virginia, uh, especially there's um, a certain expectation of, you know, sort of career paths and goals. And uh, my, my parents wanted me to, to be a physician. And I wasn't so sure about that. And I think my parents, you know, um, who, who really pushed me and encouraged me, uh, didn't realize that one could get into med school while being, um, you know, humanities or social science major. And so they strongly, um, you know, wanted me to, to stay in chemistry, even though my grades were, were so bad. And I, I realized later on in medical school, like everyone was a humanities major. And I was like, oh, I could have I had it much easier. And so 
I threw it all like, you know, if you separate the science GPA from the non-science GPA, like my science GPA for all the pre-meds out there, my science GPA was a 2.9 and I still got into medical school. Um, so, so it's possible, but, but I did have a, a tough time when I, when I was there. Well, I'm glad you just shared that GPA with us because I was starting to think to myself, gosh, this guy seems a heck of a lot more like a Z than an M. <laughs> Right. So, oh man! <laughs> like a slight bit of dorkiness going on. In oh yeah. Oh and, yeah. And I don't care if the Z's are listening; they heard me just call them dorks either. So, just, yeah. You know, if anyone <laughs> wants to forward this episode off to them, go for it. So, but you weren't you weren't a Z; you were an imp. So, what happened? When did you get tapped? Why did you get tapped? How did you get tapped? Mm-hmm. Give me the scoop. Yeah. So I think my, you know starting to get to know people in um, UVA leadership circles is, is started is, is sort of how I started to meet people both I think I'm sure probably like imps Z's other groups were, were involved in, in top leadership at, at UVA and my second year at UVA I was treasurer of the Asian Student Union and at the time, um, I was asked to, you know, run events, do programming, manage our budget, um, think about fundraising. Um, I'm thinking back at how like UVA student government worked, and I think you applied for funding or you submitted a budget, stuff like that. And so I ended up going to this thing called Leadership 2K. Seven, I think it was always named after the year. Like, yeah, this was 2007 or maybe it was 2006. I, I, I'm starting to, to lose track of, of time, but I, I started to be more involved in, in some of those leadership things because um, I got asked to, to serve on this committee or that committee. And so I started to meet people, um, you know, people in honor, people in student government, um, there was one individual uh, who was us, pretty awesome, Elizabeth Chu, uh, a fossil. Um, and she was, I think, chief of staff, um, maybe 2007 for student government. And, and I got to know her. Uh, we both sort of had this um, shared uh, passion to you know, ensure that um, you know, Asian American representation was was there in student government, in sort of major decisions within UVA. And she, at the time, I think, was, was the one who, who kind of brought me in. And when I was thinking about sort of when I got tapped, I was a second year. And it was re- the story was related to me being treasurer. And I can't remember the exact details, but it had something to do with money laundering. And I think I was being accused of money laundering and uh, yeah, something with student government, me like mishandling funds for the Asian Student Union and um, being accused of of laundering money and and using it in, in sketchy ways. And so I think, I can't even remember who brought me, but I was, freaking out. I was like, you know, as, as somebody who is 
you know, who, who, who hasn't gotten in trouble before, like big trouble. Like I was like, oh shit, like this is it. I'm, I'm done. My, my life here at UVA is done. I don't know what happened. I don't know who's accused me. Um, but uh, I, I ended up, uh, yeah, being, being brought uh, to, I think it was Mellow Mushroom. I, you know, I hear everyone talk about college and for some reason, I feel like I was, I, we started bringing people to Mellow Mushroom because they had a second floor maybe. Um, but yeah. That's great. Okay. So you're moving closer to an imp now that you're laundering money. That's now we're, yeah. now we've got a story. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. I might've referred to you as being a dork earlier. That was not nice. Dork's oh, the man. money launder. That's, uh, that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> that's great. So you didn't money launder. We know because you're uh, here today talking to me and not behind bars and you became yeah. an imp. So, uh, and I know all joking aside about the dork comment, I know you're not a dork because I heard a story about okay. a t-shirt that you guys mm -hmm. had back in the day. So spill the beans, tell everyone about these t-shirts. Yeah. So I think, you know, I, I'm not sure like what it was like across generations of, of, of imps, but in that moment, in like the, you know, the, the late 2000s, we were obsessed with pissing on Z's all over campus on marches. And so like, like I, I did it, everyone did it, like all, all the guys did it. It was, we, we just march, we'd find a Z, we'd piss on a Z, and, you know, there'd be chalk all over it too. And um, I think it was 2008 that uh, Alex Torres, uh, shout out to Alex, uh, definitely should be interviewed as well. Um, he designed this amazingly cool shirt and it had, uh, the most mischievous impish looking imp devil on it. And the imp was facing backwards and had a cape and you can't, you couldn't see it, but you could see this like urine stream from the imp onto a Z and it was on the back of our shirt. And so that was that was our imp shirt that year. It was a pretty awesome shirt. Man, Carlos, your stock is going through the roof right now. <laughs> oh my God, this is like GameStop all over again on the way up. That is amazing. Holy cow. And so, okay, the, any uh, other good stories that you remember from your times at UVA? I'm sure you could give me a few. Give me one or two. One of the, I, I'm now thinking about sort of, um, my private tapping uh, that that we had, you know, before the the public tapping, and sort of the the journey of all the things that we had to do, and I remember during the private tapping, how you know I wasn't in a fraternity, so I wasn't sure what like fraternity initiation was like, and I was in this experience thinking, what the hell did I get myself into, and like we're in we're in a the basement of some building, it's dark, everyone's in a circle. I think people have flashlights to their faces, yelling and screaming at, at us, at, at all the newbies. We're like in a corner somewhere. At some point I'm under a table. Um, and in the background, this is forever burned in my memory. In the background is Hargraves and he takes, I don't know what is up with Hargraves at, at all of our private tappings, but he always had this hanger and he's slapping the file cabinet, 
singing like Backstreet Boys or NSYNC. I don't know. He's, he's, he's singing, tell me why ain't nothing but a heartache. And I'm like, what is happening? And he's just banging the, the, the hanger. And it's jarring and strange. And you just look in the corner and there's this short guy, Hargraves, just like banging on the file cabinet. I'm like, what, what am I doing here? This I'm so, so disappointed I didn't know that story before I interviewed <laughs> him. I spent so much time having him speak German at the end of his. Oh my God. Yeah, I would have had him sing that song. That was phenomenal. That's yeah. Okay, keep him coming, Carlos. Keep oh, him. man. And, you know, there's, there's this one time where we were on, we were going on retreat. And for some reason, this might have been 2007 or 2008, like somehow everyone flaked out of, of retreat. And so it was like me, Elizabeth Chu, uh, Bernard Harkless. Um, actually, Elizabeth Chu and Bernard are married now. Um, and Massey Payne and her, um, I actually don't know if they were dating at the time, Ben Cooper, they're now married. Um, we go down to, I think Hilton Head Island and so I, I can't, who was I with? I might've been with Ben. Um, we had drank a lot and we were driving golf carts in the forest, which was, I, I do not recommend doing after you've had a, a, a couple of drinks. Yeah, as, as, a, as a physician, no, no, no driving. Well, well, anyone out there, listeners, that's a great piece of advice. Yeah. And I think, uh, I think we crashed one of the cards at the time and we're like, well, that was some poor decision-making. And so our, our like 19 and 20 year old selves are like, Oh Jesus, like, let's never do that again. Um, and then I think like on marches, there is always like, there's something about a march that I think brings out the most eccentric, crazy part of people, like people you wouldn't really like, you know, like, yeah, like, oh, that's why we chose you to be an imp. And, and I just remember like Kadeem Cooper, who is the king. Now this is, I think 2009 when, when he was the, uh, his coronation and, and coronation was just like some of like the funnest times. Uh, it was so absurd. Uh, before I get to that story, I just remember the, the lands that we would come up with and how absurd they were. Like, I just remember one of my friends, um, who came to coronation and I forget what the theme of his land was, but we paired him up with like another friend. And for some reason, like they're dressed in all black and they have like dildos all over them, like, like these tiny and large dildos. And I'm like, what what how did you come up with that from the theme we gave you and they're both like well we thought it'd be fun and I was just like okay this is awesome and hilarious and weird but let's roll with it um so that was that was actually the same like march where before we we arrived to to the amphitheater we're marching I think on 14th street and Kadeem is like like the guy doesn't I don't think he really drank that much and so I think he wasn't even like it's just like the march brings out something in you. And so Kadeem is just marching in the streets. We're singing our songs, you know, from Rugby Road to Vinegar Hill. And like Kadeem starts jumping on cars 
and jumping from one car to another car. And I'm like, you know, like the serious side of me is just like, dude, we can't, this guy can't get arrested. We haven't even gotten to the amphitheater yet. You know, like we haven't transitioned me being super serious. Like we got, I got to make sure like everything, like no one gets arrested on this march. And, um, it was, it was just absurd. And I think at one point he was just going like this with his pitchfork. And I was like, oh my God, I hope none of these cars are damaged. And it was just so funny. Oh man. Um, good times. Good times. Okay. The case for interviewing Kadeem has just been made. So <laughs> Kadeem, if you're listening to this, you and I haven't met yet, but get on the phone and call me and let's get you scheduled. <laughs> if that's one story where there's smoke, there's fire, there's probably yeah. other stories right there with him. Oh, absolutely. I love absolutely. it. So, you know, it's funny, you mentioned uh, Elizabeth and Bernard got married, right? Uh, and they mm -hmm. were two imps. And you're starting to see that pattern with a couple of people. Like there are a lot of um, relationships that are going on in the imps. Now, were you dating an imp at the time or uh, when you were there, what was any path that you... Uh, with that so it's it's funny you ask that um even though i i was an amp like yusuf i also took myself a little too seriously sometimes at uva and so i also wouldn't have been surprised if i was a zoomer and i'm so grateful and glad that i did not become a zoomer um but somehow there were always Z's in my circles. And so for most of UVA, like the first three, yeah, my first three years that I was there, I was actually dating somebody who eventually became a Z. And she, she uh, was, she's a wonderful person. She's incredibly kind. Uh, also took herself very seriously, um, was very involved in a lot of leadership stuff. But after we broke up, uh, she became a Z. And as we started to, you know, try to reacquaint, talk to each other, like resolve things, I, I remember that one time she told me that part of the reason we broke up is because I became an imp. And somehow becoming an imp had, I don't know, changed me or something and she didn't like it. And I, I thought that was um, interesting. Okay, so let me tell you the difference between your girlfriend and me. Your girlfriend is thinking that the imps ruin you. And I'm listening, thinking to myself, the imps transformed this guy, <laughs> right? Absolutely. So, okay. So now you're, you leave UVA, and then I think you had a couple more stops along the way. What was next? When I had left UVA, I was uh, still on the fence about whether I wanted to go into medicine. And I was torn between, you know, do I pursue public policy, maybe get a master's in public policy, maybe go into law. Um, but after, after UVA, I ended up joining AmeriCorps. Um, and was working in a federally qualified community health center in Philadelphia. And at that time, I decided that uh, the clinical exposure was great. And I decided that I, I did want to be a physician. I, I really enjoyed those one-on-one -on -one relationships with patients. And so I started studying for the MCAT. So I was in Philly for a year, uh, enjoyed living there. 
And I actually was still in touch with the UVA pre-med advisor who uh, had, had um, actually told me that I wasn't going to get into medical school and that I shouldn't apply. Um, and I didn't take her advice. And I actually spoke with a fossil named George Daimling, uh, who is a cardiothoracic surgeon now. Um, and he told me to do this program called the Special Master's Program at Georgetown, which is what he did. Um, I can't remember if his deal was he also partied too much at UVA and got bad grades. <laughs> and that's why he had to do that program. But he did that program. So I decided to go do that program. So I was in, back in DC for a year, which was uh, fun. I mean, I got to hang out with, with imps there a handful of times, but since sort of the goal was to, to do as well as possible in some of these extra science classes to get into medical school, um, I was super focused at that time and, and not going out at all. So I spent a year in, in uh, DC and then ended up in New Orleans, which is like a playground for any imp. It was just some of the best years of my life, um, which is crazy to say for medical school. But, you know, we, we would go out, we'd have happy hour, we would spend time on the Mississippi River, get 50 cent oysters at happy hour. And, you know, they're like daiquiris, there's Bourbon Street. I mean, there's amazing, delicious restaurants. Um, and, and that was a fun time. And my wife and I, uh, she wasn't my wife yet, but we were at different medical schools and decided that we wanted to be in the same place for residency. And uh, the way that it works is you can do this thing called couples match, where you enter this sorting algorithm, like the sorting hat from Harry Potter, and they sort of tell you where you're going to go, you know, for the next period of, of your training. And you can enter the algorithm as a unit, as a couple, and that's what we wanted to do. But because we were one year off from each other, um, I had to take a year off in order to graduate the same year as her. So I moved uh, to Denver. So I was in Denver. It was the only opportunity that I had that year. I was I sort of cold called different researchers in my field and ended up in, in Denver for a year, which was um, a great experience. And then I finally you know, came back to, to New Orleans in 2015, where I moved in uh, with um, one of my uh, good friends now who is a Zoomer. And so, and, and she's a close friend and I love her to death. Um, and that was an incredibly fun year. Um, you know, I, I, I finished uh, medical school and then I moved to upstate New York. And so I was in Rochester, New York for, for three years uh, doing my internal medicine training um, in residency there before ending up here in, in Los Angeles uh, for fellowship. So. And uh, it sounds like your wife is in the medical field too. What does uh, she do? So she's an OBGYN um, and a family planning fellow. Um, and so uh, she's at USC and she's got another year of, of training left. Are you jealous that you didn't become an OBGYN? No, I, I, it's, it's hard work. It's, it's really hard work. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's a workout. Like I, I just remember like catching a baby during medical school and freaking out that I was holding this like brand new human and thought I was going to break it. Oh, I remember that 17, 
years ago. I remember <laughs> that myself. The fact that they let me leave the hospital right. with my son is still like uh, they should be shut down for malpractice <laughs> on that one, for sure, for sure. So great. So now you're in L.A. How's that going? It's good. I like my my wife and I unfortunately had like to to live apart for the first year of my fellowship since my training was in residency was three years and her OBGYN residency was four years. Um, and so I came out to L.A. for 2019, 2020 and lived by myself um, and uh, got to experience L.A. sort of pre-pandemic and then everything just shut down. And then my wife moved here in June 2020 and moving in the middle of a pandemic was just really crazy. And like, you know, you're not sure, like sort of safety and that sort of thing. And you don't want to get anyone else sick. And, you know, like I'm in healthcare, like I might be, I don't want to get anyone sick and vice versa. Um, but we moved uh, to our part of LA that last summer and now everything is like starting to, to open up. And, you know, we live in Koreatown. And Koreatown, when we decided to like move here is like, you know, we wanted to like live in a place that was, you know, really busy, bright lights, like a lot of like places to eat, drink, um, and being in the center of the city. And, um, and throughout all of the, you know, the past 10, 12 months that we've lived here, like, it's been eerily quiet. And, you know, I, I, I've been um, I like to explore places by jogging. And so like I would jog all over Koreatown. I would jog to East Hollywood and sort of Larchmont um, in LA. And it was beautiful to, to explore, but it was just so weirdly quiet. And in the past two months to see the city kind of emerge from this slumber and like, you know, the, the routes that I go on running now, like there are bars that are filled up. Like um, at first it was a little jarring, um, but, but now it's like, this is great. Like everything's opening up, you know, people, um, you know, are, are vaccinated. Um, it's, it's just a wonderful time to really enjoy Los Angeles and, and be here in the summertime. So I, I love it. And uh, it's probably too early in the game to ask this one, but do you think you'll stay in California for the duration going forward? So I think a lot of it, uh, depends on job opportunities, depends on our parents. So I, I grew up in Northern Virginia. My wife uh, grew up in Northern Virginia as well. And I think, you know, I think we'll be here maybe five to 10 years. I think I'll probably try to stay at, uh, at UCLA, uh, you know, for my, for my job once I finish fellowship. So we'll see. And you didn't tell me, I don't think, where did you meet your wife? Uh, so we actually are high school sweethearts. And so we dated very briefly at the end of college or end of high school. And she ended up at Georgetown. Uh, she actually was um, a year ahead of me. So she ended up at Georgetown. Uh, we split up during uh, her first year of college. I went to UVA. And then at the end of my time at UVA, we had reconnected. Um, at somebody's graduation party um, and started dating again. And we actually were long distance for pretty much the entirety of our relationship before getting married. Um, and so we got married in 2016, actually on the day after uh, we found out we matched um, in upstate New York. And so um, 
for, for those who are in, in medicine, like the idea of getting married the day after match is like, um, an emotional roller coaster Cause it's like, it's like getting drafted for like the NBA or the NFL and then like having your wedding the next day. Wow. That's cool. That's awesome. And so I'm sensing, I think I know how you're going to answer this, but maybe you'll throw me a curveball. How did the whole UVA experience shape who you are today in your life? That's a great question. I've always had this sort of like love relationship and, and sort of like, you know, for all of its faults, you know, like despite its faults at UVA and the things that I was involved in, the things I was advocating for at UVA in terms of create, trying to make the place a more inclusive, um, just place, I, I wouldn't take away any of those experiences. I absolutely loved it. And I think it taught me a lot about leadership and the real world and um, UVA as a microcosm of Virginia, um, being able to meet people all across, you know, sort of the, the spectrum. And, uh, you know, I think what I had loved so much about being an imp, like others have commented on is, you know, I didn't know any athletes and, you know, our, our King uh, Ryan Hurley, uh, I was queen and, and Ryan was, was King, you know, guy's a swimmer and a really, really good swimmer. I think he did breaststroke and I can't remember if he, he, I think he tried to go to the Olympics, you know, uh, several times, but we had these like amazing people. Um, I think just thinking about my, my newbie class, like uh, Daniela Bassan, Megan O'Leary, Charlie Morgan, like, I think one of the other lessons that I took away from, from being an imp and, and being at UVA was leadership sort of manifests itself in different ways. It's not necessarily the titles that you hold, um, the organizations that you lead, but there's also this great thing about the imps that I had always loved, which was quiet leadership. And there were certain people that, you know, we selected not because of a fancy title, but because we saw that they were making a change in their corner of UVA, that their reputation was that they were a kind-hearted individual that knew how to uplift people around them, that knew how to be sort of, a, a, you know, a listening ear to people and um, knew how to create change in that quiet sort of behind the scenes way as well. Um, and so for me, UVA was, was this sort of place to explore all of that and, and to develop my own leadership skills. And um, a lot of those lessons stay with me today. I'm, I'm uh, a physician that also uh, does policy research and thinking about how to create change in healthcare. And, you know, I, I think my time at UVA was, was foundational for, for everything that I do today. Well, you'll be glad to hear this, that the current imps uh, reached out last week through Mike Lennox and Bo Greenwood, and they are interested in having a connection with the fossils. So, awesome. and you know, when you're talking about that and the relationships and the people that you went to college with, it's like, I'm hoping that this project that we're working on expands it, that you're in LA. 
I would love for another imp that didn't go to school when you were there, either before you or after you, they reach out, right? And now all of a sudden you're going to have a drink with someone who graduated 10 years after you, right? And that those lessons are great because you mentioned leadership, you know, there's individual leadership that we could do, but there's also collective leadership. And I think that what the current imps are thinking, and I'll find out in a week or two when I hop on the phone with them, is that how could we collectively be a leadership uh, organization, right? That mm -hmm. we do it in a fun way, not like you said, so serious, but we do some cool things that we're proud of and we do it together and we have a lot of laughs along the way. So that's, uh, that's awesome to hear you say. And so let me ask you, if you were gonna get on the call with these imps next week, the current imps, and you were gonna give them a few pieces of advice at the end of the call, what would you say? I know this has been mentioned already as several times, but I think enjoying the journey and not taking yourself too seriously. I think, I think one of the, the great, wonderful things about UVA is, you know, we engage in student self-governance and all this leadership stuff, but there's a real risk of taking yourself too seriously, getting over-involved and, you know, enjoy those Sunday nights, you know, at the chapel, hanging out, you know, sitting on the floor, sharing stories, having a case of Natty Light, <laughs> and then going to the Virginian. And yeah, you, you might have made the mistake of like having an 8 a.m. class, which I did my last semester at UVA, but there's, there's nothing like spending Sunday night like at the chapel. And that's where memories are forged. And, and um, the, the beautiful thing about our group is that it allows us to slow down and just savor our time there. And so I would, I would urge uh, the current actives to really savor their time at UVA, enjoy the memories of just hanging out. Um, you know, take me for example, like grades aren't everything, you know? I, and I think, yeah, like you might have an exam or you can go to the chapel. Like I might be encouraging bad behavior, but like those are memories that, that stay with you, um, not necessarily the grade you got in an exam. And so that's, that's like a, a big piece of advice that I would have. Just enjoy your time. It well, goes by quick. Yeah, it does go quickly, right? That's for sure. So let's say that you had a late night going from the chapel to the Virginian, and then it like went into the morning. So now you have to have breakfast and you go to Bodo's. What's your Bodo's order? Oh, there's just so much, um, such good stuff. Uh, my standard for Bodo's in the morning was either sausage, egg and provolone on an everything bagel or the deli egg with provolone on a bagel. Um, and then sometimes I would ask for a pastrami egg and cheese on an everything bagel, but that place was so good. Oh, those, those bagels were so like crisp, chewy, like just the perfect like New York bagel. I have been um, searching for a place that, that is like a Bodo's bagel and haven't found it yet here in LA. Nah, keep looking. You won't find it. Keep looking. Yeah. But that order sounds very unhealthy for a doctor. I'm very disappointed in that. That is very, <laughs> I expected you to say like, you know, the bagel cut out the dough. So in the middle of it, and then put uh -huh, some, uh -huh. some, some green things in there. No, I'm, I'm impressed. 
Strong. Everything in moderation in life. Everything in moderation. So last question we'll wrap up with. Your favorite word with the letters I-M-P in it. Go for it, Carlos. So I have to re repeat it. I know it's been used, but impact. I think for me, like, uh, impact is, is, is so important. You know, I think uh, thinking back to, like, all the things that we did at UVA in, in, in our group, sort of, like our, our um, community service fellowship, we always look to provide impact. And, and today in, in my life, um, everything that I do in terms of my research, uh, my health systems work, everything is driven by impact and, and how we can make the world a, a better place. Um, so so I, I love that word and I, I use it all the time. Carlos, from t-shirts with imps pissing on Z's to impact. What a journey that's been for you, man. Thank oh, you yeah. so very much for coming on today. You were great. And uh, I really appreciate getting to know you. So I'm looking forward to when I'm in LA. I'm going to buy you that beer when I'm in LA, for sure. Awesome. Thank you so much, Tom, for having me. This was a blast. And yes, I, I owe you a beer when you're here. All righty, Imp Nation. We'll be back in a couple of weeks with our next one. In the meantime, any suggestions, just respond back to those emails. Let me know. I'm open-minded to it. So anything you guys think is good for us to do, we'll uh, consider it for sure. Imp Nation, take care. Carlos, thank you. And we'll see you all next time. Take care. Hi there, Tom here. Before I let you go, I wanna tell you about my other podcast, Total Sense. As you may know, after my time as an imp, I went on to become a financial advisor. Okay, stop laughing, don't act so surprised. In each episode, I share advice to parents about how to talk to kids about money. As a parent, I know how difficult that money conversation can be, so I hope you'll listen and find it helpful. It's Total Sense. C-E-N-T-S, as in money, available anywhere you get your podcasts.